0: Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome to the Think Orange
2: podcast,
0: a podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley Bohentz. G'day everyone. My name is Dave. And I'm Ashley.
3: And you are listening to the Think Orange podcast. It's episode 70. It's September 2018. And Ash, I want to be honest and tell you, I'm already thinking Christmas.
0: Me too. I actually have a countdown on my phone. I have an app Are here. you serious? Yes. And it's a hundred-ish days.
3: A hundred-ish. A
0: hundred-ish days let's until just, Christmas.
3: Let's just call out because we don't know when this is going to be aired. So we say a hundred-ish. But, you know, actually, uh, like a month ago, my wife came downstairs and said to all of our family, I'm thinking about putting the Christmas tree up. When is too soon? So that leads to the question, hashtag, when is too soon for Christmas?
0: I don't think that there is a correct answer to this, but (laughs) let me just side note. I think that your wife, Meg, and I were like born to be friends. I feel like we're soul sisters because we've connected on Shark Week. Right. And then also the Christmas thing. Like I didn't take my Christmas tree down until March this year. Are you serious? Of course.
3: Well, two years ago, Meg (laughs) bought a Christmas tree in June. And she said, I'm just going to put this up to I, see if it's tall enough. I swear on everything good and holy. It was up for the rest of the year.
0: I love her so much. June. Meg Adamson, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you are my soul sister.
3: Uh, K. Daddy, <laughs> our producer, is pushing his little face up against the portal window, shaking his head, rolling his eyes, because that is too soon for Christmas. But hey, just yesterday morning, my wife came down and said uh, that uh, people who celebrate Christmas early, are more likely to have joy in their life.
0: I, I'm, I
3: can't, I can <laughs> I, I, I can get behind that. Uh, I
0: would also have to say that people who like sing sporadically, uh, especially Christmas, like, I mean, according to totally. Elf, best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
3: Oh, uh, don't you just love the movie Elf?
0: Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Is it too soon to be watching Elf? No. You know what my favorite scene in that is? When he says, I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm I'm in in a a store and I'm I'm singing. (laughs) Love it. What's your favorite Christmas uh, (laughs) song, Ash? If you had to hit us up with a song right now and it was Christmas related, what would it be?
0: I'm going to have to go with what I've been loyal to for the last... Many fifteen or more years, which is Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. In sync, Dave. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I
3: have, I honestly have not heard that song. <gasps> I have no. Hey, and just just to give me some street cred, K Daddy is looking through the little portal window again, shaking his head like he hasn't heard that song either.
0: You guys just made yourself sound I, could, really old, on, to both it, of you. It
3: could be that he's shaking his head at me because he can't believe I haven't heard that song. But can we just can I can I ask him? Are you with me, K Daddy? I'm with you. You've Listen, never you've never heard that song either? Who? What? Yep. See? (laughs) Listen, if you're listening to this right now and you
0: know the song by NSYNC, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, please share this episode on social media and let us know if you know the song by NSYNC, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. So that you can make Dave and K-Daddy feel old.
3: (laughs) And use the hashtag too soon for Christmas. Hashtag too soon for Christmas. Hey, speaking of social media, I just want to give a shout out to Caleb Mason. I don't know if you remember him on Twitter. Of course I do. He, he just, he tweets about our episodes every single week. And I just love that he does it. He's so encouraging. So Caleb, thank you, man. Go and follow Caleb right now at Caleb Mason, C-A-L-E-B-M-A-S-O-N, Caleb Mason. He's thank a great you. guy. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and constantly sharing it for every episode. Hey, Ash, I would love to know who is on today's episode.
0: Well, first we're going to hear from Tom Chef It's actually an interview you, Dave, did yeah. with Tom Shefshunas on episode 32 of the Think Orange podcast, we're going to throw it back for the first time to an earlier episode of this podcast because it was a really, really good conversation and I think it will add a lot to this conversation. Yeah,
3: totally. And can I just, I just want to follow that up by saying it was only good because Chef is an absolute genius. I mean, the, the wisdom and insight that comes out of his mouth during this uh, during this interview is just absolutely incredible. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock for 30 years and don't know who Tom Shefshunas is is chef is the executive director of student strategy at orange which includes xp3 middle and high school curriculums and i'm saying all of this because he's your boss right
0: he is and And i'm really grateful to have a seat at chef's table
3: and i know that (laughs) oh i see what you did that was so good. Thank you so much. Uh, um, you. Now, Jeff was also the multi-campus director of middle school ministry at North Point Ministries. He did that for like 12 years. I got to work with him for like four or five years of that. And it was just, he's such an incredible human being.
0: He is. I got to work actually before I worked here at Orange with him. I was working with him on that multi-campus team at North Point, And I learned so much from him. So every time he talks, whether it's strategy totally. or experience, I'm like all ears.
3: He's just overflowing with strength. <laughs> strategy and wisdom and insight and i know you're going to absolutely love that interview and then who else have we got on the show
0: we are going to hear from two of my other favorite people the one and only Stuart hall (laughs) (laughs) i feel like he needs a big introduction you were so
3: you were so committed to that i absolutely love it but he deserves it
0: he totally deserves it it. he is brilliant and then Also with him in this conversation is Joseph Sojourner.
3: Well, hang on. Now I feel like Sojo's missing out a little bit. (laughs) Sojo! Good. Now they're both getting the level that they deserve. Now, Stuart serves as the director of student leadership here at Orange, but he also leads a fantastic new organization called Influencer. Now, before we move on, I just want to spell that. I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R.
0: That's right. You drop both E's. But before you move on and say anything else about him, I just want to say this is one of the most common questions I get from youth pastors is, what do I do with my student leaders? And Stuart Hall has been working with a team of people and has come up with Influencer as the answer to what do I do with my student leaders? Yeah,
3: he is doing an absolute fantastic job when it comes to fueling the next generation of leaders and creating leaders who are worth following. That's what I love. And did you know he's also authored a bunch of books with, you know, just some up-and-coming people like Andy Stanley and yeah. Louis Giglio. Like he, You know
0: that book, The Seven Checkpoints, <laughs> yes. that every youth pastor knows? Well,
3: <laughs> that's all him. Um, and he's also one of our speakers. He speaks at Big Stuff Camps. I mean, and plus, he's just a fun human being to be around. I know you're going to absolutely love that interview with him. And he's joined by Sojo, who is just one of the coolest people we've ever had in the bunker am i I right i agree now sojo is a hip-hop recording artist he's a writer he's a communicator he's passionate about engaging the next generation and he's just really good at all things church culture and just culture in general right
0: and you may have seen him at big stuff or catalyst conferences or orange conference
3: and little known fact he used to work at north point as well did you know that I did. Hey, Ash, do you want to know another little known fact? I I do, Dave.
0: (laughs) You are full of facts today.
3: (laughs) Well, the fact that I have right now is that today's episode is brought to you by XP3.
0: Yes, it is, which is the student curriculum for orange students.
3: It sure is. It's a curriculum that's helped thousands of student pastors spend more time focusing on their purpose instead of their to-do list. And they also produce really cool looking t-shirts. Can I just say that?
0: You can say whatever good things you want about Orange Students right now because (laughs) (laughs) I'm just receiving it all for our team.
3: (laughs) The team behind XP3 is your team, and we want to provide you with more than curriculum. We want to empower you with resources that get you back to building meaningful relationships with students, their parents, and your leaders.
0: And can I just say for a moment that I think youth pastors are the most brilliant people on the planet mm. but this is the thing is they have a bazillion jobs like they have to be the youth pastor the coordinator the marketer yep. the photographer like the list of jobs goes on and on and on totally. and so our heart behind our student curriculum is let us do what anybody can do mm-hmm. so that you can do what only you can do which is be present with your parents be Gosh. present with your students be present with your volunteers yeah. and and one thing that I have noticed is a lot of times people think curriculum means we want to write your script and that is not the case. I I just want to clarify that for everyone listening. Curriculum is so much more than the talk. If you have time to write your own talk, you should. But the curriculum includes graphics and emails and small group questions and guides and... 45 people have sat around and worked on one series.
3: Ash, I could not agree more, and that's why I am absolutely pumped to know that today, because of this episode, people listening are going to get the opportunity to preview an entire series of XP3 Woo-woo. for free. For free. All you need to do is visit tryxp three. Free. Can you say that two times fast? TryXP3Free.com. That's TryXP3Free.com.
0: And for those who cannot understand his accent, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. TryXP3Free.com.
3: <laughs> how did that sound different? I don't even know how that sounded different to what I said, but okay, TryXP3Free.com. Make sure you check that out. And while you do that, what's coming up right now, Ash, on the show?
0: We are going to throw it over to your interview with Chef. Take it away.
2: Once they get to high school, we need to start really thinking about weekly service. We need to start thinking differently about what service is and look beyond the mission trip and beyond... You know, working with a nonprofit, although it could be a weekly nonprofit experience. Yeah, I think.
3: So, what are what are well. some what are some ideas that you have if you were sitting across, or if you were sitting in front of a, a hundred yeah. st- uh, student leaders? Yeah what are some practical things that you
2: would be telling them to do that would look weekly? Well, I think I'd go back and say, I I don't want to just give them ideas. I want to go back and think about like, hey, think about real service. Um, How do you define service Yeah, is a really important question you need to spend some time on. Mm. What are the elements of a quality service opportunity for a a student? And um, I woke up actually last night and, yeah. and I had five things on my mind. And I wrote them down. This is in the middle of the night. Just yeah, This is just night. what you think about. It, well, This is yeah. why we love you, chef. And this is why people get so much out of what you share. Gosh, I have learned to get up and write that stuff down. Because if I don't, I just sit and stay up So yeah. and just think about it. But, That's good. And then I wake up. Sometimes I wake up and don't remember it. And there's just this note on my whiteboard in my <laughs> office, which is right off of my... So um, this is chef's five yeah. middle of the night Well, ideas. yeah. Well, before that, I even want to say this. So the the... If you are a youth pet, here's what we need to understand when we're giving somebody a true service opportunity. When you're giving someone a true service opportunity, you're probably giving them something you feel is important. Mm-hmm. So the the proper facial expression when you truly give something away is everybody cleans their teeth and just be like, oh, like the last time you really messed up and thought about it. I went, oh, that's your appropriate facial uh, response because it should be this you're giving something away you're open-handed and you're giving somebody r- something that's really important to do yeah. and you're worried that they're not going to do it as well as you or not going to do it like you mm. and i think at some point we all have to realize we are part of the body of christ not the body of christ mm. and that's that good. we serve a god who's big enough to use a 13 year old kid maybe even better than could you could have done it yeah Maybe different or maybe in a way that you just don't even understand yet because you're not looking at, you know, the world through the way God sees the world. Um, And so we've got to we've got to utilize the body of Christ. We've got to help kids feel, you know, that. And so, um, the way I like to describe that is, uh, do you remember Jurassic Park? Totally. <laughs> it's such a great scene yeah. when they land on the Island and they see the dinosaurs for the first time. And yep. of course it's leading up to that big moment where they're standing at the glass, looking out on the T-Rex paddock. Yeah. 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 Right. And, um, you're waiting for the T-Rex to come out and eat. And then they go and feed. This is where the goats tied up, right? Well, that's the, that's the whole, that scene. We want to give our kids these tied up goats because mm. we want to, but do you remember what Malcolm said when he watched Malcolm? The mathematician. Do you remember that uh, whole scene? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember he's, what exactly he's says leaning that. against the glass and he sees the goat tied up and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. T Rex wants to hunt t-rex because t-rex was created to hunt yeah so when we when we give kids like here's what you do in this situation a b c and d when we give that we're giving them these tied up like they need to solve problems they need to learn to lead and if we're truly going to help kids help develop leaders we've got to take some chances Mm. we've got to open up our hands and say you know what that's that's a really important part on the other hand we can't just let t-rex out the back door to go hunt because yeah. that'll be a mess. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, so these young, we also need to give them a paddock. But it's got to be big enough. And we've got to figure out ways to allow them to experience true leadership mm. without wrecking your ministry. So that's the appropriate tension to feel. You should feel that tension. Say You're that not give feeling them, that tension. Say What's that again. That?
3: Give them true leadership without wrecking your ministry. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's awesome. So that's the whole T-Rex wants to hunt. So here are the five things that came up in the middle of the night. You ready for them? I'm ready. I don't know if they're any good. (laughs) So it's got to be important. Reggie's famous for saying, if you want someone to feel important, you give them something important to do. Mm. It doesn't mean that every kid gets to preach, because that's important. But it it really matters how you talk about it. For instance, are donuts important? Well, if I'm an ex-middle school pastor, if we ran out of donuts, I can tell you donuts are very important. But if you put 20 kids in charge of serving 30 kids donuts – it's not going to feel important because mm. it's not. If you give the one kid with a driver's license and tell him, hey, bro, I need you at the donut shop at 735. Mm. And if you're not at the donut shop at 735, meaning you can be back here at eight, my ministry, this the whole thing's dead. Like mm. this is dead in the water. So I know, you know, I, the, other, the other way I like to help people describe it is Every volunteer you have in your ministry should lay in bed Sunday morning on that perfect Sunday morning when the temperature's just right, the rain's hitting the roof just right, and everything in you wants to roll over and go to sleep. There needs to be something in you that says, if I don't go, someone's going to miss something. Mm. So how do you make every job in your ministry, and it's possible if you think about it, and the way you cast a vision, how do you make every job in your ministry that important and talk mm. about it so that they feel that it's important? That's good. I think another element is it has to be dependent on them, and I kind of just said that, but Somebody's going to miss something if they don't show up. You have to celebrate it. It's got to be a celebrated thing. We celebrate service all the time. And when we see great service, we celebrate what we want uh, repeated. Mm -hmm. If you get a letter from a parent about an awesome volunteer, you should read it out loud to the whole crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, the power of habit, habit and Charles Duhigg actually talks about, uh, this idea that when you celebrate, I, I, I'm trying to remember the context of it, but the point I got away, f- got from that whole conversation or that whole reading was when you read a letter about a, a volunteer, mm-hmm. every volunteer feels mm-hmm. valued. Yeah. They, they kind of put themselves in that yeah. spot. So you celebrate, it's a celebrated, um, position accountability. Um, you should fire leaders that don't come through. And this is a really hard thing. And this is, this is a really different, Thought, but the reality is, is when you draw a line and say you're not doing a good enough job, the people who are doing a great job take notice, mm. and, um, and that goes back to a good to great concept. Is when you raise the bar, yeah. um, people people respond, and so you you should be. I mean, you've been given the stewardship to lead the ministry, and if kids are missing out because you have a bad volunteer, who else is going to worry about it? You know, so you've got to step in and do the hard stuff sometimes. Yeah. And I think that matters. And then cultural, it's got to be important. we got to talk about it all the time. It's just got to be part of the culture. One of my favorite things when I left North Point that I would hear is when an eighth grader left our ministry to go to high school, they would say, I'm coming back in 10th grade, and then they would say, to get my boys or to get my girls. Mm. So there was this cultural feeling of, hey— this was incredible. I had a great time. I can't wait to come back and be a leader in it. And so yeah. that's a, you know, a cultural change. So that's if you good. can get that, it's important, that's dependent on them, that we celebrate it, that they're held accountable to, truly held accountable to it. And that culturally it becomes important, which is just going to take time. You have volunteer positions that kids, um, can engage with on a weekly basis yeah. and really help them grow.
3: Hey, we want to welcome today Joseph Sojourner and Stuart Hall into the Think Orange podcast bunker. It's great to have you here again. You guys are you guys are becoming regulars. This is our new spot. It's our hangout
1: spot. <coughs> I, I really enjoy being around
3: you. Well, we're going to get a little cubby. <laughs> we're going to get a little cubby with your name on it. And then that, that's when you know you're a regular. Is the wow. Sour Patch Kids and... I don't know what Sour, Sour Patch, Patch? You don't even you don't, know what those are? No. Dave, you can't are say you really? that on a oh, podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit that bit out.
0: <laughs> oh, I was kidding. We pro-
3: no, like, we probably you, won't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are here talking about <laughs> developing, developing student leaders, what that involves. And I mean, you guys are just the kings at this sort of stuff. So I feel like I should just step back from the mic and let you all talk. But uh, how, I would love to kick it off with this question. What does it mean wh- when we talk about student leaders? What does it mean to empower students to lead? Joe?
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, I think as church leaders, it's easy for us to stand on a stage and kind of give all our perspectives and send them back to their rooms for discussions and Mm -hmm. never really ask them what they can do with their hands and feet. And so Mm -hmm. I think students want to do something significant, so we just have to ask something significant of them. And I think it starts with us stopping, slowing down enough to say, okay, what are some things that our students can do? And then identifying who are those students, who are our core students, who could literally step out and begin to lead, maybe Mm. they're sophomores, maybe they're seniors. Mm. Uh, But who are those ones that literally their voice echoes all throughout our programs and students are willing to begin to follow them? And I think once we begin identifying those students and then finding those specific opportunities for them to serve or even step up into leadership, I think that's where you start having richer programs.
1: I, to piggyback on what Joe's saying, and not to be too philosophical, I would push back against the word empower. Okay. Because the word empower, by definition, is to give power or position or authority mm. to. And we certainly do that and have an ability to do that within the context of youth ministry. But the the problem with that word and that idea is that just because a kid gets a position of leadership doesn't necessarily mean that that high school student is influential. Hmm. And unfortunately, hmm. we've mistaken – we've kind of confused leadership position and influence Yeah. Uh, because there are a ton of high school students in – plenty of our churches um, in the orange community and beyond who have been given leadership roles in their church, but they may not necessarily be influential. Mm. Okay. So I want to unpack that a little bit more with you because there are certain authors who have made
3: millions of dollars from the idea that leadership is influence. So I want to unpack that a little bit more.
1: How do we, how do you define the two and how does one impact the other? I I just, my personal opinion is I think we've confused the leadership Mm -hmm. with especially to high school students we've replaced leadership with a position Mm -hmm. so i am a preschool or elementary age child small group leader as a high school student that is incredible none of us around this table would disagree that Mm -hmm. uh, all three of our children have done that however that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a leader because influence is much more of a heart issue it's a character issue Mm -hmm. it's a values issue we have high school students walking up and down the halls of our high schools every single day who have leadership positions but aren't necessarily influential
2: right Mm
1: -hmm. that's good so so i want to just build off that again
3: um from your perspective what what's wrong with the way we're currently we the church currently developing our student leaders
4: well i think right now i mean Are we even spending the time to put the focus on pulling and finding those special students that just are ready to go to the next level? Mm -hmm. And and it's not necessarily the student. I think it's easy for us to think, well, if a student's been going through our program since kids' ministry, middle school ministry, high school ministry, they're the natural leaders. It's not necessarily always that. It could literally be a football player who's been trained how to lead his team and walking in, and there is something that that football player can do to lead in your program. And so I think it is finding the different style leaders in our program and beginning to develop them where they are and allowing them to see that, hey, God can use them in a bigger way. Yeah. But I think it's easy for us to start building our curriculum, uh, focus on our scope and cycle, and start just drilling home our points as this is our three-week <laughs> series on identity, and we don't even spend the time to say what else can we do on top of that to begin yeah. developing extra work for our yeah. for our leaders.
1: Yeah. First of all, let's make sure we understand influence matters. Yeah. Kylie Jenner lowered Snapchat's net worth by $1.3 billion with one One text or one tweet. You're right. right. So influence matters. That's first and foremost. But I think we have to understand we cannot make a teenager a leader. Mm -hmm. What we can do is help a teenager make themselves a leader, Mm -hmm. help a teenager make themselves influential. And The context of leading a small group of preschoolers and elementary age children is the perfect laboratory for them to learn Mm. how to do that. Because at the one of the things I love about it is that you're actually starting at the end because the end of the means of influence is people. It's to influence a life. Even Fortune 500 company CEOs hopefully begin to turn their attention toward the people that they're influencing. Mm -hmm. So that's an incredible thing, but leading is an art. It's not a science Mm. and it's a very difficult thing to teach art. So consequently Mm. we have to make sure that we have people around those high school students that are helping them understand the nuances of what it means to do something that's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Think about this. We're we're asking high school students to lead preschoolers in el- elementary age who are, uh, you know, the com- there's a comparison syndrome, there's separation anxiety, and they're all jacked up on <laughs> <Mountain> goldfish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And we throw them into that environment and go, lead. Yeah. And that's where I think we've got to take an yep. extra step.
0: Yeah. Yep. Hey, I want to go back to something you said earlier where you said we're confusing like a, a position of leadership and influence. So in a youth ministry, I would assume that a lot of times the most influential student in that youth ministry maybe isn't necessarily the best influence mm-hmm. necessarily. Okay. Right. So how that's do good. you navigate that as, good. as a youth leader?
1: Well, Joe and I, have talked about this a lot mm-hmm. recently. A leader worth following is going somewhere worth going. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hang on, say that again. A leader worth following is going somewhere worth going. If a, I
0: need to tweet that. So if a if a right
1: high school student is leading his peers to a place that it's not worth going, mm-hmm. I would question. Yes, you have influence, but you're not a good leader, and that's right. where the conversation begins. And uh, yeah, I think we have to start there. Like, where are you leading? is it toward your own narcissism mm. and mm. i mean let's be honest as well church can become a status in the heart of a of a high school kid like right. i'm a rock star at my mm. church that's not the goal fame is not the goal status is not the goal strength is for service it's not for status right so consequently it's helping students begin to understand that we we want you to lead your peers and these children that we entrust you with right. toward the only mm-hmm. thing, the only name that matters. Love
0: that. So do you start with looking for the most influential student and then help them go somewhere worth following? Or do you start with the student who's going somewhere worth following and help them gain the influence?
4: Yes. Yeah, I'm about to say that. I mean, that's the perfect, yeah. And, I mean, it's beautiful. Sometimes you don't even have a student that's already going somewhere worth following, but uh, you're always, you always have one that has the potential. But, right. yeah, I think if
1: you have one that's already going somewhere worth following, you've got a great situation. Mm-hmm. And then, But then you also look at Jesus and his example of who he chose to lead. Mm-hmm. And those guys weren't necessarily going somewhere worth going. I mean, you had tax collectors that were robbing people, right. in essence. Mm. But he saw this potential in them, right. and we're still talking about them and sitting in this room to this day because he was able to help them
4: understand. That's that what X factor. That's that X factor you see in some students. Mm-hmm. Right. The rough around the edges, but she's like, there's something in there. Right. Mm. I mean, consider Joe.
1: Joe didn't speak in until what no, senior, my high senior year yeah. senior Bull, year in high school
4: kid had no potential but for some reason my youth pastor said there's something in you that i believe that your voice has value and i mm.
2: remember
3: thinking i just started talking three weeks ago <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, so so it sounds to me like what you're, what, and i don't want to put words into your mouth so correct me if i'm wrong it sounds to me like you what you're talking about when it comes to developing student leaders it's to give them a purpose
1: not a position Right. The The position is to help them explore and uh, discover their purpose. Unfortunately, what we've done is that – and this is going to sound harsh, but to all our listeners who have this very, very difficult task of filling small group leader yeah. roles <laughs> – Just be careful calling it Your student leadership development program If all you've done is filled a role You're not You don't have a development leadership program You're a headhunter You've just filled a role So we've got to help while we put these high school students in this position, how do we help them discover what it means to be influential? Because you have an incredible context to do it. Yeah, yeah. the, The context isn't the issue. It's, well, I filled the role, so I'm gonna move on. Yeah. And that's where I think And and it's easy to do. I mean, even
4: working at a church, we had the same type of program. You're so busy. There's so much happening. Sunday is coming. Mm. It's just so easy to begin to take your leadership development program and kind of turn it into an internship because there's Mm -hmm. so many tasks that needs to get accomplished. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. can you run to Costco and grab this? Hey, can you run here and grab that? And you're not not even thinking about developing the leader just because you've got so much weight. And I can imagine how many pastors, uh, youth pastors are literally, their intention was to say, I want to start developing this person. But then they got... They got busy and they had all the things happening. All of a sudden they're like, I need you to run, grab coffee for the, for the leaders come in and, and you're not ever taking time to go through a book or say, yeah, hey, right. is there something yep. we could do?
1: Yeah. Ruth, Ruth Haley Barton has this incredible quote. We set young leaders up for a fall. If we encourage them to envision what they can do before we help them consider what kind of person they become. Mm. <sighs> like th- I think that's yep. what Joe's saying yep. yeah, that yeah. you can do this, but we need to focus on your heart yep. more than your position. Yeah.
0: So uh, for all the youth pastors mm-hmm. listening, I would imagine, you know, some names are popping in their head a- as we're talking about this. Because some students are easy to identify that mm-hmm. they have leadership and influence, um, but others are not. Um, I mean, Joseph, you just talked about mm-hmm. you hadn't talked until, what did you say? Senior. Senior year. And so what is it that the youth pastor is maybe, what's a filter they can look through to identify their student leaders? Yeah, that's a good
4: question. I mean, I think it really is taking the time to to get to know as many of the students as you can, but if you can't, because when I was leading a program, my program was just a little too large for me to do that, it was me on the ground with my leaders. And when I couldn't meet with every leader, I, I made leaders that, that could talk to the leaders I couldn't talk to, and they would help report that back to me. But uh, if you have a small group format, those leaders know the students. They know their core. They know the ones in their group. They're like, these are the natural leaders. You need to probably get with them. And so I think if you have a smaller program, really find those moments to say, hey, find time to get out and be where they're at, see what they're like beyond these walls mm-hmm. as well as on the Sundays or Wednesdays. But also if you have a larger program, really tapping into your small market leaders and say, hey, here's where we're going and here's what we're looking for. We're looking for leaders we're looking for students that have leadership potential. That's good. They may not be leaders already, but we see something in them and mm-hmm. we want to begin to figure out how we can begin to develop them. So that's when good. they get
3: out and go that's to college. Yeah come in on the back of that question because I want this to be super practical because I think everybody who's listening to this who's in student leadership they all agree with everything that we've said right. they understand the concept but I want it to be super super practical and maybe speaking from your own personal experiences what what can somebody what should should a student leader who's in a church of with maybe you know, either a hundred students or fifty students or a thousand students. What are the qualities they should be looking for in somebody who has the potential, who's somebody who's going to a place worth following, somebody who's got that influence? What are some practical things they could do or, to, or to should look, look for. for? Yeah, mm-hmm. what are some practical things they should look for?
1: Well, I think some guys and girls are just naturally compelling Uh, They attract people to them. They're a natural leader. And I think anybody
3: who's listening, uh, to to Ashley's point, they're probably thinking that that person is in the
1: head or those people are in the head right now. So those are the easy ones. To me, the real gold lies in that student that, one, has unbelievable desire to lead. They may not have been able to exercise or have discovered how they're gifted, how they're wired, but they certainly have a desire. Mm. And then the other thing I would encourage us to consider is that we have a ton of high school guys and girls whose influence, potential and capacity is simply misdirected. Yeah. Like right. it could be that the, the heathen yeah. in your group is really has a chance to <laughs> change the world. Yeah, If you can get their purpose, gifting, and passion directed in the right way. Yeah. But unfortunately, we have a tendency to go, well, that, you know, I, my brother-in-law's a pastor. <laughs> he was wasted the weekend before he went to a camp as a counselor, and that, that camp <laughs> changed his life. Wow. Sorry I just called you out Scott <laughs> uh, Well You didn't name him Until now Yeah But Well no, We don't well, find sorry. him On yeah. Scott. Yeah. So yeah Everybody Yeah, yeah. But I, I love that story Because right. he would have been The last person You yeah. would think But his youth pastor yeah. Had enough confidence To go If I can redirect His passion Yeah that's good Because it's just Misdirected Yeah So I, th- I think it's I think it And again It's an art If mm-hmm. it was a science This would be easy Yeah mm-hmm. But here's the they, here's the they, checklist Yeah they, was they, a yeah. formula They, they meet all the requirements let's roll. yeah, yeah,
3: that's and interesting To
0: big, piggyback off of what you just said, Stuart. Um, if we think about like where a teenager is developmentally, um, they're not necessarily known for their self-awareness. Right. So it might be misdirected or they just might not be aware of it. And right. you as a youth leader, could be the first person who says Mm. something to them about what you see in them
1: yeah right that's so good yeah
3: so now i want to be practical with the next step say we've identified that first level because they stood out you know they're the cream that rose to the top Mm -hmm. they're obvious leaders and then you found some kids in that next level down who clearly have that passion and and that sense of purpose what would you suggest the people listening to this podcast what's the first next step for them to develop
1: that leader well i think there's a vacuum in that area in, a, in Youth Ministry America, yeah. because we, I think every youth ministry in this country knows that we have to do something more yeah. to develop students of influence. Yeah. However, there are plenty of incredible events. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe has been a part of those. I've been a part of those, mm. but there's not any ongoing. Um, and we certainly are trying to step into that void because yeah. we think we've got to focus on the heart of a leader, yeah, yeah. influence. How do we help a kid understand humility, yeah. integrity, yeah. courage, yeah. things like grittiness, yeah. uh, excellence? Mm-hmm. Those are all things that I think we would all agree. Those are general foundational pillars of influence. Yeah. Um, and that's just missing. So, But I think that's where we need to go. We Absolutely. need to start looking at the heart of a, of a kid and go, how do we help this kid understand and make a... Leadership is a choice. It's not a position. You choose to be influential. But what are those choices that you need to make? And this is kind of where I get fired up because, I mean, kind of what Stuart is saying is it was us
4: looking at them and saying, what are these characteristics? But then it was us also taking the time to say, what's their world? Mm. Because are we teaching in a way that actually that they can walk out of their church and apply to their world in in, in a world where it's turning Uh, People want authenticity, vulnerability. They don't want to see that you're perfect. They want to see that, hey, you're human. And so how do we begin to develop influencers, not just for this generation, but for the generations to come? And Mm -hmm. what what is that going to be looking like as they're they're leading Gen Z and Gen Z is beginning to think differently? And so it really is us getting knee deep in their world and saying, okay, what are the kind of things that they're actually going to be wrestling with, Mm -hmm. that they're actually going to be facing, that opposition that they will begin to feel as they walk back into their schools or walk into their communities and say, we want to become leaders. What are the conversations they're probably going to be thrusted into that maybe generations before them weren't even thrusted into? When
1: you consider uh, the race issue in our culture, when you consider that Gen Z will be the most sexually fluid generation that's ever been on the planet, when you consider both of those things push us toward the idea of equality, what does that mean? Because it's one thing for you to go, I have filled a small group position for preschoolers, but... Our contention is the entity with the monopoly on purpose should have the loudest, clearest voice to help a teenager discover theirs. Come on. And we have the monopoly on purpose. So why not create some sort of organized, you know, organism that helps them begin to develop the the character traits that they need to have so that they can lead in such a diverse culture mm-hmm. yeah. with such sexual fluidness, uh, the gender issue, all of that, uh, not to even mention what we're dealing with politically and and in business and technology and and entertainment. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to lead in that culture. Yeah. So it can't just be so self-serving. You know, you filled a role in our church. (laughs) I would love to challenge those that are listening. What does this mean for when they are old enough to go to college yep. Yep. and as it relates to their future mm-hmm. now I have another question before we get to okay. some of the
3: answers to what you just raised how much of this is just good old fashioned discipleship it's a good question ooh probably I mean I would say most all of it I mean that's that.
4: I think that's what inspired us I think we as we were uh, traveling as well as being here in Atlanta I mean I pulled young people close to me and began to disciple them. And, and as they began to share their life with me, the stories that they that happened to them day in and day out, you begin to realize, okay, what are the ways that we can help equip you even more? What yeah. are the ways we can help prepare you even more for those type of conversations? Yeah. And then, yeah, you're dealing with social media and comparison and all these feelings and emotions in your heart, and it's making you even more distracted and confused. How can we begin to help build the courage that you need, and yet the humility that you need when you're still chasing and saying, but I feel like I need more followers in order to get more respect <laughs> in this career because I want to be whatever, a video kid, you know? And so there's all these conversations that are happening where we're saying, okay, there are ways to chase your dreams with, with these characteristics that we think. I
1: know? would also bring it back to the practical question you asked earlier. Yeah. One of the best ways for a youth leader listening to develop a leadership program in your respective church is if you're going to ask high school students to lead preschool and elementary age groups, I personally believe that they should do that alongside an adult mm. because that adult is able to help them with the art of leading it is best learned while you're doing it not because again it's an art it's not science if it was science here's how you do it go rock and roll yeah but apprenticeship is so important we need on the job leadership training so if you're just throwing a high schooler into a small group to lead by your by themselves you're doing that kid a disservice yes in that group and and the group yeah and this is where i just told all the kids to ask moses into their heart this is awesome.
3: <laughs> but this is where I think I, I think you just hit on something super important. And this is where I think we as a Capital C church miss the boat because we reduced discipleship to a six week program in the right. church when it's about it's about following an example. It's a if you look back to what discipleship was in a in a first century. Jewish context it was apprenticeship Yes, it was all about apprenticeship because people follow your example not your opinion mm. and so they have to be doing it side by side so I agree with what you're saying and it takes time right it does and we need leaders who are prepared to put in the time and know what they're working towards rather than just giving them a course to fill out. Like you said, yeah. I love it. It, it, it. It's not a science, it's an art. Right. To learn how to paint from Leonardo da Vinci, you need to stand with him and see <laughs> exactly. how he mixes his paints and see what he does with the water and see what his perspective is. You can't just read a book about it. That's good.
0: So Stuart, if if someone listening wants to create that kind of culture, they're going to have to ask a volunteer to maybe lead a small group of elementary age kids but also spend time developing you know, their co-leader who might be a high school student. How do you create a culture where a volunteer is willing to do all of that?
1: Well, one, one immediate thought that I have is that if you are so programmatic that small group leaders are feeling so much pressure to because they have to be at the church on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I think it's it's critical that you simplify what you're doing programmatically. That's good. I think too many of our adults are so busy doing church that they can't be the church. Mm. And the only antidote to that is to simplify what we're doing programmatically mm-hmm. so that that adult can actually invest relationally
0: right, with that, that
1: high school that's good. student. I
0: was just having a conversation with a small group leader, and she was really frustrated with her co-leader because she felt like she had to also lead her co-leader, but she wanted a co-leader to lead with her, mm-hmm. not somebody that she also had to pour into. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's a, a struggle that a lot of people are going to feel I, doing
1: that. I would, I would also... Uh, submit that a lot of times there are high school kids that are sharper than the adult. And I think there's a lot of pressure in that regard too, right. that the adult feels like, but it's such a beautiful picture of what we should be doing anyway. It's mm. it's iron sharpening iron. Right. But to Dave's point, it's it's an art. They need to stand and walk alongside someone. Because the other thing we haven't even mentioned is that every preschooler, and every elementary age kid that you're leading is at a different place spiritually. Right. Their their home life is different. Mm. Mom and dad are different. Their backstory, even at a young age, is different. Right? How our adults have a difficult time navigating that world, much less a high
0: school student. Mm-hmm. So, how do you see the middle school ministry and the high school ministry working together in this? Like, how can you build a foundation in middle school that carries high school students further faster?
4: Mm. Well, I mean. We're a lot of the churches I go to have merged ministries. So you have middle school and high school together. So I mean, I think that's a lot easier than two worlds separated, whereas the church I was at had a middle school ministry that was completely separate from the high school ministry. And mm-hmm. so for, for my church, it literally requires us getting in the same room and starting the conversation and saying, hey, who were those uh, Who were those students that you guys identified as those leaders? And then what were, what were you guys doing? And maybe even developing a track and, mm. and maybe even adding a resource to say, hey, if we all place them on this resource, this will hopefully get them to the end goal and say maybe if they start in, in eighth grade and, and in twelfth grade, we start here and we our goal is to get them mm-hmm. to this place right here. I mean I think it's, the situation is different with each DNA right. of each church.
0: So you're saying even in a combined ministry it's important to be developing the middle school leaders even though yeah, you're... I've, you know,
4: I've seen so many different styles. I've seen like I've seen like the seniors sit in on, on a Wednesday night and work with the middle school students, those like certain leaders. So, I mean, I've seen it in so many different styles. Mm-hmm. I think it just all depends on that leader in the church and saying, here's how I want to begin to develop the leaders in my program. That's good.
1: I would suggest that you have to begin at the end. First and foremost, the middle school leader and high school leader have to ask this question. What is our ultimate goal when we graduate students out of our ministry? Do right. we want them to be influential in culture? Do we want to yeah. develop leaders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until you ask that question and you de- you know decide that's our goal, then you'll always flounder with mm-hmm. this. But once you do that, then you can begin to work your way back. You and I've had this discussion before, Ashley, that a difficulty for a middle school student, especially sixth grade, fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, however you do school, um, or divide your ministry mm-hmm. Uh, middle schoolers struggle with abstract ideas. Simply, I mean, it's post-puberty that that even becomes a possibility from a developmental standpoint. Influence is a bit of an abstract idea. Mm -hmm. So consequently, I think you have to be careful expecting too much from a middle school student as it relates to influence. Mm -hmm. However, you can teach them things like humility. Mm -hmm. We can help them begin to understand integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things that will set them up so that when developmentally they begin to be at a place where they can actually start having an influence in somebody's life. And they certainly understand that their life impacts every choice that you make, whether it's responsible or irresponsible, impacts somebody some way. It's a great way for you to begin to set up the idea of being influential.
3: So anybody who's uh, still listening to this podcast, they're they're deep in it at the moment. They've got a clear understanding, though, of how uh, passionate you guys are about uh, developing the next generation, about developing student leaders. Uh, What are you guys doing practically that would help somebody in the uh, church ministry today? Is is there anything going on that you guys could tell us about? That is such a great setup without Mm -hmm. you (laughs) saying anything.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mentioned earlier that there's this vast void, yeah. and um, Joe and I, and a collective of other people, want to step into that. We are unveiling uh, here at the Orange Conference this new initiative we are calling Influencer, spelled absolutely incorrectly. Uh, but our <laughs> like only in middle school, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But our mission is to develop leaders worth following. Yeah. We, want, we want to fuel the next generation of leaders worth following to be the new difference makers. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason why uh, we're doing it is bec- because of everything we've talked about right. here. The other part is that we believe that the church has reduced spiritual leadership to, th- to preach, sing, be a missionary. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. most kids are never going to stand on a stage and deliver a sermon. Yeah. Most kids yeah. should never sing loud. That uh, <laughs> <I> was me. <mean. laughs> <laughs> and 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 a lot are not going to go to a third or fourth world country and be a missionary. But yeah. you have poli- future politicians, doctors, lawyers, teachers, yeah, moms, yeah. dads, and so we want to. We don't want to take kids out of the box as it relates to spiritual influence. We want to destroy the box. We want to blow the box up and go whatever and however God has gifted you. Mm-hmm. We want to help you become an influencer in your culture, but. Our focus is not necessarily what you're going to do. Our focus is everything we've talked about here, it's about your heart. Okay and and we'll get to helping you discover how you're gifted, what you're passionate about, yeah. what, how that meshes with your purpose. but we are going to focus on the heart of influence.
4: And make no mistake. there's never been a generation more hungry for that than this mm-hmm. one right here. I mean, they're desperately craving to say, hey, we want to know more like what kind, how to build our character, yeah. how to determine who I am. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure that out and saying, I want to be a leader worth following. But I just don't know how to be, right. mm. and they understand that the importance of that in, in such a in such an information age.
1: And we've designed it in a way. Part of the reason why this is a struggle is that youth leaders are so time constrained; mm. their time is already maxed out. They're trying to reach students that aren't reached, keep the students that are nominal at best. Uh, they're hopefully partnering with mom and dad. Consider what sits on the plate of a mm. highly effective, efficient youth leader. They don't have a margin to do some sort of leadership program. So we've designed it in a way so that the youth leader doesn't necessarily have to develop a program. All he has to do is go, here are the kids in our ministry that we think have potential. We also think our churches are full of men and women who are unbelievable leaders of business, or whatever they may not have the bandwidth to lead a small group but they can mentor meet with a group of students once a month and talk yeah. about leadership yeah. so the whole idea is it's the cool thing is a student receives a text once a week and in that text is a link and in that link it's some way for us to begin to help them wrestle with the ideas of influence and then they meet once a month with a mentor
0: so is influencer like a curriculum how would you explain yeah, what it
1: is? It, it, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, a niche, it's an initiative. There is content. Uh, there is, we, we believe in mentor circles. We're going to partner with mom and dad. We just want to help those people that are influencing influencers. Got it. To influence influencers. And for there to be an ongoing way for us to talk about Right. The, the, the practical heart of influence on an everyday basis so that it fills that void you may have an incredible idea or a way for a student to lead a group mm-hmm. but you don't have any way of helping them understand what influence right. is <laughs> this fills that void
0: so is there like a beginning and an end like you go through a program and you graduate from the program or is it continuing
1: I would, I would a- answer your question by asking you a question please do are you a complete leader?
0: Well, no. But you said it was a curriculum. <laughs> so I'm looking right. for well, like, what's it through. I,
1: I almost... Would consider it more of an, an initiative than
0: it is. a Absolutely, original. I mean, I
4: think you, 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 there's the format of you're either giving them the fish, you're teaching the fish, and I do think as you go through this, you will learn how to fish, that's and awesome. I think that's yeah. the greatest thing we could do is give them those essentials so that they say, "Hey, when I graduate to college and things get crazy, mm. I now know what I need to continue yeah. to focus yeah. on and becoming the." And we don't want
1: we course. don't want to tell kids what to think. We want to teach them how to think. How to think. Good. So, how, where where can we go to get more information about this? Influencer.co, okay. co. not c o m. Influencer. i n f l u n s r. dot co. Influencer. we put that in the show sure notes because
3: yeah. <laughs> people are
1: driving along going now. Hang on. Whoa, whoa. What Val. Now there's the phonics
3: work for me. Yeah. <laughs> can I buy Val in that? There? Oh my word.
0: Yeah. I, I think <laughs> this is so awesome and timely because with with the youth leaders I've talked with, this is is probably one of the most common subjects that comes up, is what do I do with my student leaders? Like, How do I develop them? Do you have a curriculum for it? And I think that this is an answer to that, and that's really cool.
4: Here's what I love. uh, I love that... That we're, we are talking to student pastors and we are staying connected to students. And we understand, yes, we're giving content, but we're also giving art. Like we're giving art that hopefully expresses your voice. And mm. so it is a stopping and saying, we want you to know we're listening to your world and we're trying to add, we're trying to teach you what you can add to it. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. I get giddy about thinking that our churches start launching students into culture when they graduate. Mm. And instead, I mean, think about the number of churches that have to, like, re-steer men and women in corporate America to think about their job from a kingdom perspective. What if we do that when they're in high school? And so instead of me getting a job and going, what am I supposed to do now for Jesus, I choose my career path. Yeah because I want to be influential spiritually. Yeah. So for people who are listening to this podcast with a pen and paper handy, give us that website one more time. I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R, c o. Yeah. C-O, yeah. C-O. because C-O. Dot .com was taken. <laughs> <laughs> Even with that spelling? Yes. That's hilarious. See there? Smarty pants.
3: Guys, thank you so much for spending some time in the bunker with us yeah. and talking about the important- T-Rex wants to hunt, baby. t There is a T-Rex sitting on the table, this whole thing. I've been intimidated, I'm not going to lie. Does it work? It's
4: like...
0: (laughs) Dave, I just have to say that this... Probably is my all-time favorite episode of this podcast because mm. I am so passionate and I believe so much in developing strong student leaders.
3: Yeah, you you are. I could tell throughout this whole episode that you were like, you were in church. Listen, it was like hallelujah moments the, for you.
0: Look, these are three of the best minds when it comes to student leadership. I
3: Totally agree. I totally agree. And to hear them not just express strategies and ideas that were super practical and helpful, mm-hmm. but to hear their heart come through mm-hmm. for students. I mean, I'm, look, as a dad, these are the, these are the people I want overseeing my kid's right? faith journey. Yeah. Totally. I mean, what Chef was talking about, about giving students true leadership without wrecking your ministry. I love that.
0: I Yeah. I And I also love the part where he talked about the importance of getting by high school, getting them to serve on a weekly basis. Because yes. I think if there's one thing we can do as youth leaders, youth workers, small group leaders, parents, is to help mobilize our teenagers yeah. to serve. And I love what Chef said, where he said, we are... We're part of the body. We aren't the body. And we yes. have to help our students figure out what part they are in I the I
3: loved it as well. And that, that whole T-Rex loves to hunt makes it super sticky. Um, I know for myself with, with my girls, one of my girls has been volunteering at church for a, quite a while now working with pre-elementary kids. And I see T-Rex hunting all the time. Like she's been given a paddock to, to roam in. And I've seen it elevate her faith and her responsibility and her leadership mm-hmm. to a whole new level.
0: I mean, that's awesome. I think that's the entire point of serving, right?
3: I could not agree more. And then Stuart Hall and Sojo, I mean, st- the stuff that they're doing is absolutely incredible. I mean, when Stuart said, a leader worth following is going to a place worth going. Mm. That for me was- Everybody
0: should post that on social media right now.
3: A leader worth following is going to a place worth going. I love that. That is, it's such a drop the mic moment because as parents, if you're a parent listening to this now, tell me you don't want your kid to be a leader that's going to a place worth going to. Right. That's what I want. When he said that, I remember tearing up because- that's what I want for my kids more than anything in the world. And I know that that's what you want for all students, Ash.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I love about what Stuart Hall said was his uh, motivation and challenge for us to teach students and teenagers how to think, not what to think. Yeah. And that's a huge mindset shift for people.
3: Totally, totally agree. This is one of those episodes, I agree with you, It was. it's one of my favorites, and it's one of my favorites because I felt it was so practical mm-hmm. that the people listening right now in their cars, in their offices... Uh, on the treadmill at the gym, I believe that by the end of this episode, you are going to be a better student leader because of the practical steps that these three incredible men gave you today. So I want to encourage you to make sure that you share this episode with all of your staff, share it with the church down the road who you occasionally pass on the streets, Uh, share it with the other youth pastors that you have coffee with, share it with as many people as possible because we want other churches to get Great practical steps like these. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we close out today's episode, Ash, can you just remind people where they can get the influencer stuff from?
0: Yeah, of course. Influencer.co. Let me spell that for you. influns dot C. Oh.
3: They left out some letters. I feel Listen, like- Listen, <laughs> they're trying to make it easier for us.
0: They dropped the E's and the M.
3: And the M. That's such a good way to do it. Hey, uh, we hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you did, we would love it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Leaving a rating only takes a matter of seconds. If you're listening on your iPhone right now, just scroll down to the very bottom. You'll see a little place that it says leave a review. Hit five stars. We would be thrilled. You could also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud if you haven't done So, already, I want you to smash that subscribe button. I want you to hit it as hard as you can because we want passionate subscribers.
0: That's true. But, Dave, also, there's one more thing they need to do. What is it? They need to post about social media on their platform. Share this episode and let us know if you know in sync. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Happy holidays.
3: Use that hashtag too early for Christmas and make sure you follow Caleb Mason as well. Hey, you know what? If anybody shares this episode on social media, I'm going to track all of it and I will give you a shout out in the next episode.
0: And make sure you check out the show notes on thinkorangepodcast.com. And remember, when you think next generation,
1: think orange.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast.
0: Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com.